Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. Get ready for your life to be changed by today's message from Pastor Jeremiah Hosmer. So this morning I want you to turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Praise the Lord. Holy Spirit, arrest everyone under the sound of my voice. Even the ones who are thinking about leaving right now. Spirit of God, make it like their feet has concrete on the bottom of it. So they can't move. So they will hear the gospel so that when they stand before you, they will have no excuse. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. I just feel the power of God in this place right now. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 37. If anyone thinks himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things which I write to you are the commandments of the Lord. Now the Apostle Paul is not saying, I, he's not saying, hey, this is just a good thought here. He's not saying, I, I just kind of got, you know, full of the Spirit and wanted to give you something that might be good. He's saying, these are the commandments of the Lord. Does everybody understand that? But if anyone is ignorant, let him be ignorant. In other words, if anyone just continues and wants to be ignorant, then they're going to remain ignorant. Therefore, brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy and do not forbid to speak with tongues. Let all things be done decently and in order. And do not forbid to speak with tongues now, this is the commandments of the Lord, church. This is not a suggestion. He says, let all, he says, earnestly desire to prophesy. Do not forbid to speak with tongues and let all things be done decently and in order. Let the church say amen. amen. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I stand before your dear people, Lord, that you have purchased with a high price. Matter of fact, a price, God, that uh, could not be any higher the blood of your son Jesus you've given them your spirit Lord you've given us your word the word that is alive that stands the test of time that stands the test of governments that stands the test of economies and persecution your word is alive and stands that test and living today in powerful God sharp Lord so father today in the name of Jesus grant us the prophetic utterance of heaven grant us ears to be able to hear Lord not just to hear physically but to hear spiritually and Lord let an explosion of revelation happen in this house now and father I pray in the name of Jesus that your perfect will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
and that your kingdom would come on earth as it is in heaven. And Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, if there be any opposition or any kind of walls or any kind of thoughts that would try to hinder your people from receiving the fullness of your word in the anointing of the Holy Ghost and the authority of Jesus, I bring it down in this house now. I cast it away from here. I bind it up and I loose revelation over this place and the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. And God, I thank you today that this will be a day where many are changed forever because your word has been revealed in the name of Jesus. Now, Lord, I pray, look upon my availability and not my ability today and go way beyond what I could ask, think, or even imagine. In the name of Jesus, your mighty son, I pray. And everybody said amen. Amen. Hey, just give the Lord a hand clap of praise today. Can we do that right now? Let's just give the Lord a hand clap. Praise the Lord. You may be seated in the presence of God today. Praise the Lord. Now, I just want to I want to uh, go into a little bit of time of introduction to set this up because I am I am uh, thoroughly aware that if we were to poll this congregation, everyone watching Everyone that is present in the auditorium today, if we were to poll this congregation right now, I am thoroughly aware that at least half of us did not come from Pentecostal backgrounds. At least half. Some of you came from the background of the street. So you don't even, you can't even relate to, you can't even put your home at a Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, Pentecostal, non-denominational. You just put yourself in the S-T-R-E-E-T. But that's okay too. The one thing that we have in common here, everybody who is born again and right with God, is that we have been cleansed from our sin. That, that we have the Holy Ghost, hallelujah, that we are called children of the Most High God. Can we give him praise for that this morning? So we thank God for that. We thank God for that. So I, I realize that, that we have different backgrounds here. Uh, I have never made an attempt to try to denominationalize anybody. I've never made an attempt for you to raise your right hand and swear your allegiance to the assemblies of God. That's not, that's not what I, I am a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Therefore, I preach the word of the Lord. And, and, and so my deal is, is I, I'm okay if you call yourself Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, Pentecostal, or non-denominational. I don't really, it really doesn't matter what you call yourself. I want you full of the Holy Ghost and the power of the living God. I want you full of life so that you can go to dead places and you can sprinkle that life on dead places and tell them, listen, I know they said that Jesus is dead, but he's really alive and his spirit lives within me. Hallelujah. I, that's what I want. And, and so I, I wanted to bring this into a place of introduction this morning. Today, we're going to tackle probably one of the most controversial subjects in the church as a whole. And I don't mind doing it. Matter of fact, I'm excited about it today. Um, if I had a dollar for every time someone said, I don't know about a dollar, but if I had five dollars, Brother Timothy, 
For every time someone said, I love your church, but (laughs) I love that place, but I ain't studying all that speaking in tongues stuff. I would have a bunch of $5 bills. I would, I would be, let me, I'm doing well anyway, but, but I would even be doing a little better. Amen. If I had a a $5 bill for every time someone said that, I, let me just throw a few out that I know you've heard, man, I love your church. I can feel something every time I pull onto the property, but I don't know about all that speaking in tongues stuff. I don't know if that's, here's some things y'all have heard. I don't know if that's biblical or not. Matter of fact, I can remember somebody telling me that it was of the devil. Y'all don't have to be, you don't have to be shamed. You know you heard this. (laughs) Watch this. My family says (laughs) that all them folk down there are crazy. <laughs> that y'all are a bunch of nutcases. Y'all got a pastor. I know what he used to do. <laughs> and you gonna tell me he don't do that no more? <laughs> Watch this. Well, this is one y'all done heard. Listen, listen, honey. It's good. It's good that you got saved there. But now you need to come on back home. And now it's time for you to come on back to the funeral home where nobody ever gets saved and everybody dies. You don't need to go down there no more. Oh. Uh, let, let, uh, let, let's say that. Okay, here's another one. Well, brother so-and-so said that if someone speaks in tongues, it has to be interpreted. Well, they're 25% right. 25% right. I'm about to bring all this out of the Bible, by the way. Here, here's one more. We love the church, and we're going to keep coming, but y'all can have all that speaking in tongues stuff. Just look straight ahead. Don't, don't look at nobody. <laughs> y'all know y'all done heard that. That's for Pastor Jeremiah and all them. <laughs> now, now, I kind of, we, we're, we're jokingly talking about this, but, but in reality, this is heartbreaking. Because when you read the Bible, it is obvious that the Lord gave this as a gift to the body of Christ for the church to be strengthened and edified. Man, you want to know why so many believers are down and depressed and and you walk in there and you feel like you went into a time warp of a funeral home? They're not being edified. Why? Because they kicked the gift out a long time ago and there's no edification in the house of the Lord. Glory be to God. 
Hallelujah. Now listen, where most people get hung up is they open the Bible to read what they believe instead of believing what they read. Selah. I have me a preconceived mindset that I am unwilling to let go of, and I need to find me some scriptures that I can build an idol around the way that I think instead of reading the Bible and letting it tear down every idol that exists in my life. Who am I talking to this morning? Glory be to God. Now, I've mentioned this already in in one of the sermons of this series, but it bears repeating. Isn't it amazing that that no one, you don't really hear any opposition about any of the other nine gifts or the other eight gifts except the speaking in other tongues? Isn't it amazing that nobody resists the gifts of healings? Isn't it amazing that nobody resists the gifts of the working of miracles? Isn't it amazing nobody has an issue with interpretation, the other part of the gifts of, uh, gift of tongues? Isn't it amazing that nobody says anything about the gift of faith? But on this one thing, you know what that lets us know? It lets us know that the devil don't want this gift operating in the house of God. It lets us know that he's saying, if I can stop this, If I can keep you from receiving this, then I know that I have begun to build a wall in the kingdom that hinders the miracles of God. But how many are willing to say in the name of Jesus, it will not happen here. We are full of the Holy Ghost. We're full of the power of God. And we truly are a full gospel church. Hallelujah. Now, think about it this way, and, and, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move on. Think about it this way. If the devil is seeking to keep you from something, there must be something very powerful and precious in that something. I need the church to shout amen on that one. If the enemy of your soul doesn't want you having something, there must be something valuable in that something. Thieves... Listen, thieves don't rob homeless people. Have you ever wondered, (laughs) have you ever wondered how you can be downtown Atlanta or something or you can be in a rough place and you walking and folks are, folks are, you know, they're sweating you, but they see you got your hand on your piece and so they don't sweat you no more. And, 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 but, but the homeless person, they don't even trip on. Because the homeless person, as far as material stuff, has nothing valuable. Therefore, the enemy only seeks to steal to keep you from what is valuable. Now you know why you have been struggling in your mind to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire and speak with other tongues because the enemy knows there is something valuable in that thing right there going to preach today hallelujah now watch this oh hallelujah 
If you study the Bible, you're going to find out. Now, just write this at the top. You don't have to put number one or nothing, but just write this at the top. If you study the Bible, you're going to find out there are actually four different types of tongues. Four different types of tongues. And I'm not talking about the way they sound. I'm talking about the way they relate to the church and the way they relate to the believer personally. Four different types of tongues. Of the four types... You can go under that and put this down. Uh, of the four types, there are two types of, of those four for public ministry. You got to experience one of them this morning. To God be the glory. Two are for public ministry. Public ministry just means where you are ministering to someone or a group of people. It doesn't have to be a large group. The other two are for personal ministry or personal use. All are given by God and all are a blessing to the saints and to the church. Two for public use. Somebody's sitting there saying, man, I heard a whole sermon on the Holy Spirit. And ain't nobody talked about tongues. Don't go back. Amen. They gave you a piece, not all. Now, let's talk about this. Number one, here, here's your number. Now we're gonna, I'm gonna handle the two for public use. Number one, tongues as a sign to the unbeliever. Tongues as a sign to the unbeliever. This is what happened in Acts chapter two. When the Holy Spirit came into the upper room as of a sound of a mighty rushing wind filled the whole house where they were assembled and they all began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. If you read on down, the Bible says that they came out of the upper room and they, be, they were speaking in tongues and there was two things that happened. Number one, they thought they were drunk. I won't go into that, I don't have time, I can preach for two hours on that. But they thought they were drunk. Number two, they heard these untrained, uneducated people speaking in their own language that they knew they had no knowledge of. They had no knowledge. They said, these guys, all right, let me just, can I take 90 seconds and, and build it up? They, they're coming to, to the Feast of Pentecost. One of the, this is the, the Feast of Pentecost or the time of Pentecost is where all the, the people who practiced Judaism would come into Jerusalem. So you had people from all over the place. You had all, I mean, they had, they had, made, a, they had made this as like a vacation to come in and spend this time. So you had all kinds of different languages represented in the city of Jerusalem and these people, these 120 people came out of the upper room and they're speaking all these different languages that they had no knowledge of before they ever went to the upper room. This is the phenomenon of what they call glossolia. Glory be to God. They came out speaking. So let me give you just a uh, uh, right now uh, example. That would be as if someone, let me pick someone I can pick on, Justin. There you go, amen. Justin stands up under the anointing and the power of God and begins to speak in Chinese. Now, you look at this dear brother, you don't know no Chinese. <laughs> Hallelujah, you don't know no Chinese, do you, Justin? I don't think you do. 
Amen. But watch this. He begins to speak in Chinese and there is somebody who knows Chinese that don't know the Lord. And God sits there and he is testifying to this person who knows Chinese that knows this country boy from Jackson, Georgia don't know Chinese. And he's saying, I am alive, I am real, and I am well in the earth today through the power of the Holy Ghost. A sign to the unbeliever. This is what happened on the day of Pentecost. These people came out of that upper room and they said, we know for a fact, Peter, you don't know our language. And we know for a fact, James, you don't know our language. And we know for a fact, John, you don't know our language, but you're speaking our language. And therefore, the word that you're preaching must be true. And the God that you serve must be true. And the gospel that you believe in must be true. Therefore, we want to serve this Jesus that you're preaching of. This was a sign that validated the sermon that Peter was about to preach when he stood up and said, all of y'all killed him. But repent and the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. This is what it means. Now watch this. I remember one of my teachers in school one of my teachers in ministry school, not, not public school, but ministry school, uh, he told me a story. We was, we was going, over this, going over the Holy Spirit and the gifts and everything, and he told me a story. He said we was in our church, and uh, one, of, one of the young ladies in the church was backslidden away from God and had, had had a tremendous loss in her family. And when, when she experienced that loss, she just ran from God, said God must not be real. Well, her, her, she was not from the U.S. She spoke in English, but from her native country was a very rare language. And one of the people that was in the service, they didn't stand up and, and wasn't like they interrupted the service, but they were praying in tongues while the worship was going on. And this girl standing behind them. And this girl is sitting there saying, man, this person is praying my native language. And I know they don't have any idea. And, the, and what was being spoken through the person that was praying the, that, that language was God ministering to this girl, telling her that the person who had passed was with him and she needed to pick up her cross and come on and follow him. How many of you know the power of God fell on that girl? She hit her knees and said, Jesus, re- receive me and forgive me, Lord. This is what the church needs today. We don't need another gimmick. We don't need another popcorn service. We don't need none of that stuff. We need the power and the demonstration of the Holy Ghost in the house. Glory be to God. That's why we don't make no apologies for this. Glory be to God. This is what happened. This is called tongues. Tongues. For the unbeliever, or tongues to the unbeliever. Tongues as a sign to the unbeliever. Number two. This is the other, uh, this is the second one of the public ministry. Tongues given for interpretation. Tongues given for interpretation. These tongues, this is not an earthly language. This is a heavenly language. There, when, when tongues are given for interpretation... There is no other tongue on the earth like that tongue. That is a tongue given by heaven. Well, how can God give, how can God give different languages? Man, God made everything you can and can't see. 
You don't think he can't give somebody a language? Oh, hallelujah. Many find that hard to believe, but that's because they, maybe they, back, they lack biblical understanding or revelation. The, do you know that the Bible says that Jesus, that Jesus has a name that don't nobody know? Do you think it's hard for him, not to, for him to give a language can't nobody understand? Not only does the Bible say that Jesus has a name that nobody knows. Now, you need to read your Bible. That's in Revelation. I ain't making it up. Not only that, but Jesus said he's going to give you a name that only you and him know. Is it really that hard to think he can give me a language that nobody else can understand? Man, get out of your earthly and natural understanding and say and realize that our God is greater than all that. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. When we look at the greatness and the majesty of God, it shouldn't be that hard to believe that he has languages that are heavenly and, and, and are not spoken on earth unless he gives it divinely to his people. Now this tongue, the tongue for interpretation, this tongue must be interpreted or it is out of order. So if that dear brother would have stood up earlier and gave a tongue in this whole assembly right here and it wasn't interpreted, it's out of order. Hallelujah. The Bible even says if there's not an interpreter, hold your tongue. Don't even, don't even do it so that, so, that it so that you don't bring disorder into the church. But we have a lot of interpreters around here, people who have the gift of interpretation. I'm going to be teaching on the gifts, Lord willing, next week. I don't, we'll just see how God does that, but I'm going to teach on the gifts. Hallelujah. Now watch this. It must be interpreted because it is a heavenly language given for public ministry that no one can understand but can only be interpreted by another heavenly gift. So it's a heavenly language that is a gift that can only be interpreted by another heavenly gift, which is interpretation. Now, I want to make something very clear. Write this down right here. Interpretation is not translation. Interpretation is not translation. Say it one more time. Interpretation is not translation. You've heard people say, well, I don't think that was of God because this person spoke in tongues for 30 seconds and that person interpreted for five minutes. That wasn't of God. No, 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 no. You're mistaking it for translation. The Bible does not say it must be translated. The Bible says it has to be interpreted. That helps somebody right there. There's a difference. A translation is the process of translating words or text from one language to another. An interpretation is the action of explaining the meaning of something. I told you, that helps somebody in this house right there. You just got helped. All of a sudden now you want the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I don't know who I'm to, I just helped somebody. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Watch this. This tongue is to edify the church. There has been, I can't tell you how many times, even today, there has been many times where I stood up and was about to preach and a tongue 
the gift of tongues came forth and the interpretation came forth and the interpretation was speaking what I was about to preach about. That's the reason I don't hand my notes out. One of them anyway. The other one's because you'll be worried about a fill in the blank and not listen to what the Holy Ghost says. You want to fill in the blank, you know, get you a college course online or something. Hallelujah. I want you to listen to what the Holy Ghost has to say. Hallelujah. Many times that has happened. What is happening when, what, what is the Holy Ghost doing when this happens? It is a way of opening the minds, the hearts, and the spirits of, who, uh, of everyone who is present. Everyone who is present. All of a sudden they realize, my God, the Lord's in the place. Hallelujah. Now, I want you to go to, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 22 and 23. And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to seal up the public, the, the public uh, tongues or the, 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 the tongues given for public ministry. Let me say it like that. And then I'm going to go into the two that are given for personal use in private ministry. Now, 1 Corinthians 14, 22 says, and 23 says, Therefore, tongues are for a sign, not to those who believe, but to unbelievers. But prophesying is not for unbelievers, but for those who believe. Therefore, if the whole church comes together in one place and all speak with tongues and there come in those who are uninformed or unbelievers, will they not say that you're out of your mind? Now, if you read those two verses, you think that the Bible's contradicting itself. You think that the Bible's sitting there saying, hey, tongues are for a sign for the unbeliever. But if you begin to speak, everybody speaks in tongues and the unbeliever comes in, he'll say you're out of your mind. That's because he's talking about two different tongues. Verse 22. Watch this. And there comes in unbelievers. Or, or, I'm sorry, verse 22. Therefore, tongues are not for a sign, uh, uh, not to those who believe, but to unbelievers. Listen, this is talking about the tongue that is assigned to the unbelievers. Verse 23 is talking about the tongue that is for interpretation. So if the tongue that's for interpretation, if everybody's given a tongue for interpretation and ain't nobody interpreting it, then the unbeliever or the uninformed comes in and says, they're a bunch of crazy people that don't know what they're doing. Selah. If you don't know there are different types of tongues, you just think the Bible's contradicting itself. We need Bible teaching. Hallelujah. Now, if I was sticking you to an 18-minute sermonette, you wouldn't even have received that. You would have made the chicken line Lacking revelation. Glory be to God. So do y'all understand that? Wave your hand if you're still alive and you understand that. Amen. There we go. One is for the sign to the unbeliever. The other is the tongue for interpretation. Now, let's go on. Number three. These are the other two. Tongues for personal prayer. Oh, this is what we need. When we call, everybody look up for just a moment after you stop writing. Just look right here. I want to get your attention. When we call for people to be baptized with the Holy Ghost, I'm trying to get you down here to receive 
your prayer language. I know you sit in your seat and say, I don't need that, but that's because you haven't heard what I'm about to say. After you get this, you won't never sit in your seat again. You'll be pushing people out of the way, talking about, you already got the Holy Ghost. Get out of the way. You already, spe- get, you already speak in tongues. Get out of the way. Let me get down here. I, I, want, I want Pastor so-and-so to lay his hand on me before he gets tired, because we got to pray it through right now. Hallelujah. My God. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 14 says, now listen very carefully, for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the spirit, and I will also pray with the understanding. I will sing with the spirit, and I will also sing with the understanding. So I'm not even going to go into this much, but you can sit there and worship in tongues. Worship in tongues. And all of a sudden, the heavens are open over you. Glory be to God. The difference here with this tongue and the two languages for, or the two tongues for public ministry is this. This tongue is used to pray or speak directly to God and not men. How do I know that? 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. If he was talking about the two public uses or the two uh, uses of tongues for public ministry, then he would not be saying that. He would be saying it needs to be interpreted so men can understand. But here he's saying it's okay to speak to mysteries because you ain't speaking to man. You're speaking directly to God. Hallelujah! You're speaking directly to God. Man, do you realize you have a language to bypass all men, to bypass all demons, to bypass all principality, to bypass all of it and go right on to the throne room. Hallelujah. Oh, then we don't, that's the reason when people say, well, I don't like you. I don't like them speaking in tongues, this and that. We ain't talking to you. I am not talking to you. I am speaking directly to God. Unless your name is G-O-D, then I need you to step to the side and let me get done with what I'm doing right now. Hallelujah! I know that sounds a little bit harsh, but I mean, for real, it ain't about you. Glory be to God. I'm speaking to God, man. Hallelujah. Oh, glory be to God. Let's give the Lord a prayer. I feel the blessing of the Lord on the house of God this morning. Oh, hallelujah. How many of you know that you and uh, those of you that are married, y'all know y'all got your own language? Some folk turn red. (laughs) Y'all know y'all have your own language? You can say one thing and folk think you're talking about this and you're really talking about that. 
And only you and your spouse know. Man, God says, I've opened something up for you. That me and you can talk. And I don't nobody else know what's being said, but me and you know, I know exactly what you're saying. Look at how good God is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, listen, this tongue, this tongue that I'm talking about is not, it's, it's not to edify men. This is not to edify the church. How do you know that? Because it's not a public ministry tongue. This is to build you up. You got Bible for that? Sure do. Jude chapter Jude, Jude verse 20. Watch this. The Bible says, but you, beloved, building your, yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. That's why you see people down here before they do, or they're in ministry, they're praying in the Holy Ghost, or you might see somebody up here worshiping, worshiping in the Holy Ghost or praying in the Holy Ghost. They're, they're building themselves up. Not for arrogance, not for pridefulness, not to be boastful, not to make themselves, but they're sitting there saying, I might just have to go down and cast a devil out of somebody. Let me build myself up on my most holy faith. I want the fullness of God flowing through me when I get up here and minister. Let me build myself up on my most holy faith. Brothers and sisters, I say this, not to exalt myself, not to put myself out there. And if it does exalt myself in your eyes, then I exalt myself as a fool. But I tell you, before I get on preach, I try my best to pray in tongues for at least two hours. Why? I want to know what God is about to do. I want the Lord to do way beyond what I could even ask him. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. This is why I want all of you to be baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire. Not because I want to denominationalize you. Not because I want to put a Pentecostal stamp on you. Not because I need a notch on my belt. I'm saying you don't know what you're missing. You could be speaking directly to God and speaking mysteries. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Listen to what the Bible says. The Bible says that God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask or even think according to what? The power that works within us. How are you going to ask for something in prayer that you can't even think of? By the Holy Ghost. How are you going to ever begin to receive something that you can't even fathom by the Holy Ghost? So when you begin to pray in your, uh, her, your heavenly language, you're not praying according to your understanding. You're praying according to God's understanding, which stepped you outside of what you could think, imagine, or even begin to fathom. My God in heaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When you begin to pray in your earthly language, I mean, when you begin to pray in your heavenly language, man, you, you're way outside of your thinking. Has anyone ever been praying in tongues before and feel like you hear what's being prayed, but like you're right here? You're not having an out-of-body experience, but you, it's almost like you are. 
Why? Spirit praying spirit. Hallelujah. How can you ask for something that you can't even think of? By the Holy Ghost. Glory be to God. How can you receive something that you can't even fathom? It hasn't even come into your imagination. Only by the Holy Ghost. This is what it means that my God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above what you could ask, think, or imagine according to the power that works within you. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, and you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Spirit has come upon you to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the other parts of the earth. This is the power that he's talking about, church. Glory be to God. I'm telling you, we're going to have a bunch of people praying in tongues around here. Hallelujah. Your prayer closets are about to come alive. Your houses are about to come alive. I'm telling you, altars are about to come alive. Marriages are about to come alive because you now have found out that God has a weapon of mass destruction and it's called praying in the Holy Ghost and you're about to send bombs all over the kingdom of darkness. Hallelujah. Now, number four, and then, Lord willing, we're done. The fourth tongue the Bible speaks of is tongues for intercession. There's a little bit of a difference here between tongues and the, just what I just talked about as far as for prayer, for prayer and tongues for intercession. How many know you can pray but not be interceding? Intercession is a whole nother level. Intercession is where you step into something and that's where I was talking about in that moment. You're like, my God, I can hear this coming out of me, but I don't. It's like I'm not doing it, but I am doing it. It's tongues for intercession. This is what the Bible speaks of is Romans chapter 8, verse 26 through 28. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses. Are you weak today? Pray in the Holy Ghost. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Or another way of saying that with, is with a language that cannot be spoken to your own knowing. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know all things work together. This is in proper context right here, church. That we know all things work together for those who love God to those who are called according to his purpose. The Lord is saying when you step into tongues for intercession, you don't really have to worry about what you're saying because all things are working to your good for the glory of God. Oh, hallelujah. All things are working to your good. Out of my, hey, hallelujah. All things. Everybody shout all things. All things. When you step in today, you're praying in tongues. You're interceding in tongues. If God tells you what it is, fine. But if he doesn't, don't trip. All things work to your good. Glory be to God. All right, so let me help you with this. We are not all-knowing. We are not all-powerful. 
And we sure, we, we are, let me just say it in, in my country language. We show ain't all present. But the one who lives in us is. The Holy Ghost is all powerful. The Holy Ghost is all knowing. And the Holy Ghost is all present. Do you know that, oh, I better not say that. We'll, we'll, we'll get that when we put steak on the plates. Amen. I don't need to do that right now. I don't have time to explain it. The Holy Spirit knows. The Holy Spirit knows what is going on right now. Everybody say right now. Right. Say right now. Right. Holy Spirit knows what is going on right now. In here. And in Nairobi, Kenya. He knows it. Now we don't. But the Holy Ghost does. This is why Jesus said it is to your benefit that I go away. So I can send the helper to you. Why? Because the helper is going to know what's happening in Locust Grove, Georgia. And he's going to know what's happening in Nashville, Tennessee all at the same time. The helper is going to know what you need right now as you sit in this auditorium. And the helper knows what your family needs if, if they're 500 miles away right now. And you can be in this auditorium and the Holy Ghost say, I need you to start praying for your family member. They're in trouble. And as you begin to go into tongues for intercession, you begin to send a miracle to somebody 500 miles away while you're sitting here hearing the teach and preach word of God. Oh, hallelujah. Glory be to God. That's why this is so important. Hallelujah. I can be in my... Listen, there's times where I, I, I wake up in the middle of the night. I'm not telling you this is all the time. I'm not trying to sound pseudo-spiritual or anything, but there's times where I wake up at night, I know the Holy Ghost has woke me up. He says, get up and pray. I don't know what to pray for, but I just get up and go into praying in tongues. And then I'll feel the burden lift from me. And I go back to bed. Why? There ain't no minute. We done praying. Let's go to sleep. I don't know what just happened, but I know something just happened. God might have me interceding for your lost loved one that's in jail somewhere and God turns around and breaks the chains off of them, reveals himself to them, they hit their knees and get born again. I don't know. This is why the enemy is so against this. Because the enemy of our souls wants to lock us into a place of our own understanding. But the Bible says, lean not upon your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge God and he will direct your path. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Our, our previous general superintendent, George Wood, told a story about his father and his mother. It was very powerful. They were missionaries to Tibet. And he said his father would, uh, his father would go on missions, or go on trips from time to time, sometimes over a month long. Now, let's go back into probably the 20s and 30s. There were no cell phones. 
Wasn't no internet. There was no emailing. Basically, when they got on, when he got on that horseback to go minister, the only way you knew that he was going to be okay was when he showed back up. So he said, my dad went into uh, this village, this village where the gospel had not been preached, and he wanted to really preach the gospel there. So the, the way you do, do that is you go meet with the village chief first to get his blessing. The village chief said, I'll tell you what, if you'll come back, if you'll come back this evening and have a meal with me, I will allow you to pass out the material in your Bibles that you want to pass out. So his dad went back that night or that evening, ate with the chief, and they passed out the material. Well, later that night, he got on his horseback, left the village, and was going to another place. Later that night, he fell deathly sick. He, fell, he, said, I, he told his son, he said, I was so sick that I, I broke my watch so that when the people found me, they would know what time I died. He said, that's how sick I knew I was dying. Around the same time, George Wood said, my mother was woke up in the middle of the night by the Holy Ghost. Said, I need you to go into prayer. She didn't know what for. She didn't know who for. She just went into praying in the Spirit, interceding in the Holy Ghost. After a while, the burden lifts. She went back to bed. George Wood said his dad went into, uh, was going into a city several days later. Uh, well, sometime in the night, God supernaturally touched his daddy. He got better. So he was going into a city later on that week to get some supplies before he came back home. And when he went into the city, he, there were some people from the villages, or the village that he was at, that were there, and they were looking at him as if he was a ghost. And finally, one of them ran up to him and said, Would you please pray for me? I want to know the God you serve. And so he prayed them and led them in the sinner's prayer. And then some more started coming up and some more started coming up. And he said, I've got to ask y'all, what, what is it? What, why all of a sudden you're coming to me for this prayer to receive the Lord? They said the other night when you was in the village and you ate with the chief, he gave you enough poison to kill 10 men. He gave you enough poison to kill 10 men. And you're supposed to be dead. And if you're not dead, I want to serve the God that you serve. I want to know who you're serving. I need to know who this is. But that's not the most powerful part. When his dad returned home, his mama said, she called him by name and she said, did something happen to you on this day at this time? He said, you won't believe it. I was so deathly sick. I broke my watch so people would know what time I died. She said, that was the time the Holy Ghost woke me up. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. That was the time God woke me up and had me praying. And I interceded in tongues for you. And God touched that man. And it didn't matter how much poison that village chief gave him. What God has blessed, no man can curse. And when God is on your side, I tell you, it don't matter how many has surrounded you. The Lord is on your side. This is why we need the church full of the Holy Ghost praying in the Spirit. You know not what you need to pray, but the Spirit knows. Hallelujah. I was in the, 
me and Pastor Andy and my pastor was in, the, in India. We was doing, come on Molly, we was doing a youth crusade. 25,000 youth was showing up the next day. We was going to be ministering. We went out to the grounds. We went out to the grounds to see the spot where we were going to do it. And I, I, don't, I don't know if it was that day or two days before. I can't remember. But I can remember out there getting bit by a bunch of mosquitoes. And, and I didn't think nothing about it. You know, Georgia people, we always get bit by mosquitoes. It's just like a natural thing. Amen. It just builds up the immune system or something. I don't know. Getting bit by mosquitoes ain't no big deal here. But in India, now I've had amoeba. I've had, I've been sick from whatever, drinking waters, eating food, whatever that is. But that day we started that youth uh, crusade, I got deathly sick. You can, ask my, you can ask Pastor Andy. I've never been that sick in my life. In the middle of the conference, they had to, t they had to take me home and put me in a bed. My fever was through the roof. I couldn't quit vomiting. And I'm telling you, I couldn't. I mean, it, I felt like I was dying. I felt like I'm going to be with the Lord in, in India. Oh, hallelujah. I don't know what I had. I know Pastor Andy and Pastor Dave and Brother Stuart Jr. and another Indian pastor was in the foyer of the hotel interceding for me down there. They didn't even go to a prayer closet. They, they had to start calling on God in the foyer of the hotel. I remember our associate pastor at the time, Randy Scalise. When I got back, he said, Brother, on this day, at this time, the Lord woke me up and I began to pray for you. I didn't know what was wrong, but I knew I began to intercede in tongues for you. And I'm telling you, I don't know what I had. I don't know if it was malaria. I don't know what hit me. But I'm telling you, about two hours into that thing, something lifted off of me, and we got in the truck the next day and went to the next city preaching the gospel. This is what the body of Christ needs right now. Hallelujah! This is what the body of Christ needs. My God, we don't need another Millie Mouse sermon trying to tell you about what it is to be good or what it is this. We need a demonstration of the Holy Ghost and power in the church. That's what we need. This is the most crucial time we've ever lived, man. We need, I'm talking about we need millions of people praying in the Holy Ghost. Not sitting there wondering whether it's a Pentecostal thing, a Baptist thing, a Methodist thing, or this thing. You need the power, man. And the body needs you having it. That's it. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Ha ha. That's what we need. We need people full of the Holy Ghost, praying and interceding. Come on and stand with me. Thank you for those of you watching today. I, I pray that God's manifesting His power where you're at as He is right here because I promise you I can feel the electricity in this air right now. We bless you. If you're away from God, do you hear me right quick? <clears throat> if you're away from God, you need to repent. Sir, ma'am, Jesus is coming very soon. Even, even the heathens in Hollywood know it.
Jesus is coming soon. And you better get ready. You better be ready. For he comes as a thief in the night. And no man shall know the time. But them who are ready shall be caught up in the air with him. And forever they shall be with the Lord. Don't get, don't you dare miss out. Because I promise you, if you can't live for him now, you you definitely won't live for him then. We thank you for watching. If you need prayer today, we have people ready right now to pray for you. All you got to do is go on the chat line and say, I need prayer. Please pray for me. I need to get right with Jesus. Pray for me. And they'll pray for you right now. We love you. We bless you. If you are anywhere in the South Atlanta area, you need to get here. Because I promise you, it might be powerful there, but it's shown enough powerful here. We bless you in the name of the Lord. We pray you were blessed by today's message. For more content and to get to know us better, download our app at AbundantLifeChurch.com.